You're listening to a sermon from Pastor Caleb Gordon of First Baptist Church of Cedarville, Kansas. We pray this message encourages and blesses you this week. If you'd like to join us to worship in person, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. at 418 Monroe Street in Cedarville, Kansas. We would love to see you. Find out more about us online at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Cedarvale First Baptist. If these messages bless you in any way, please consider giving to help support the ministry at First Baptist Church. Our mailing address is First Baptist Church, Cedarvale, Kansas, P.O. Box 456, Cedarvale, Kansas, 67024. Well, it's a good morning, amen? Glad to be here in the house of the Lord. If you got your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 3. That's where we're going to start. We're going to be in a couple different places. But I wanted to continue our little mini-series that we're doing. This It's called There is Hope. There is Hope because I believe that there is hope. But in order to, to before we get to that hope, I want us to see some things that are going on in the world in which we live. We live in a culture, you and I live in a culture that is very, has a very polished and very slick marketing campaign that, that's called the self-help movement. And the self-help movement is a dangerous place to be in. Um, because in all reality, all that self-help really is, is just New Ageism and actually Satanism wrapped in new paper. New wrapping paper. I have a, few, I have a list of different things that come out of the New Age movement. Um, some of the things you probably have heard these, um, these statements. Some of them are as follows. Follow your heart. Well, the scripture tells us in Jeremiah that the heart is deceitful above all else. And it can't be trusted. So, there's that one. That, that's, that's, that's knocked out. Follow your, your bliss or follow your own happiness. Well, my, my happiness might not be what your happiness is. And it could be counterintuitive. So, I just, I mean, follow your own bliss or follow your own happiness. Um, here's one that people say all the time. Hey, you just be you. Live, this is my wife's favorite one, live your truth. <laughs> She's shaking her head. Um, and this is the one I found funny. Love the one you're with. That, that reminded me of the old country song. And if you, you can't, if you can't be with the one you love, honey, love the one you're with. I, I just, I mean, that just seems a little counterintuitive. That's problematic, Amen. Uh, one of the other ones that has manifest your own dreams or live your best life. This is something that's taught in many of our larger mega churches right now. When you go to any of these bigger churches that got like Joe Osteen or T.D. Jakes or Stephen Furtick or Todd White or, or Michael Todd or Joyce Meyer, any of these folks, man, they are pumping out the same garbage and trying to wrap it in a wrapping paper that says it's biblical. Um, it's anything but biblical. And I would encourage you, if you're listening or reading or partaking in any of those ministers, and I use that term in air quotes, uh, you should throw that stuff out. Um, that, that, those are just some of the doctrinal statements of the New Age movement. Um, the doctrine of Satanism is do whatever you want as long as it makes you happy. That, that, that's very. These two ideologies are taught in so many venues today. So many different venues. And, and, the, and here's the thing. that The devil is using the same tricks, the same schemes, and the same junk on humanity as he's always used. He's just cloaking it in a different shirt. 
He's put on a different shirt for it. So in saying that, I want us to go to Genesis chapter 3. And I want us to look at the fall of mankind. We're going to start in verse 1 of Genesis 3. Now, the serpent being more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord had created, he said to the woman, Did God actually say you should not eat of any of the trees in the garden? So number one, the first thing we see in the text here is that Satan causes Eve to doubt God's word. That, that has been the, the plan from the beginning from the enemy. Because God's word has been laid down from before the foundation of the world. God's word has been laid out. And, and there is an attack in our day, just like there was an attack in Adam and Eve's day. There is an attack in our day. And it, it, it's an all-out assault on the validity of God's word, the authenticity of God's word, the authoritative structure of God's word. Because if the devil can get you to doubt God's word, then you won't follow God's word. Amen? That, that's, the, that's the plan of the enemy. If he can cause you to doubt God's word, then you won't abide and live by God's word. There are many people... Maybe even in this place this morning that think to themselves, well, I, I, I don't know if I can trust everything that's in the Bible. Let me tell you, you either trust and follow all of God's word or none of it. God's word is not like a buffet smorgasbord where you can pick and choose the things that you want and leave the things you don't want. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 says, all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof and correction and for training in righteousness. So the first thing we see is that it's theophanuskus. That's the Greek terminology. Theo means God. Phanuskus means breathed out. So what you're holding in your hand this morning is the breath of God on paper. The breath of God on paper. And it gives us this, this construct here in 2 Timothy chapter Three, it says the first thing is meant for reproof and correction. To show, so number one, we, we show here, we're show, it shows us what's wrong with our lives. The Bible exposes us for who we are. It shows us that we are sinful and that we are depraved and that we are in desperate need of a Savior. This is one of the major doctrines that is ignored in most churches today. Because we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. We don't want to, to make someone feel bad about themselves. This is once again the wickedness of the self-help group. That we don't want anybody to, to have a moment where they're like, Golly, I, I am wicked. I do deserve God's wrath. And until we see ourselves as totally depraved and wicked... We cannot be saved. Let me, let me say that once again just so you can hear me. Until you understand that you are a wretch in the sight of a holy and righteous God, you cannot be saved. Because you're going to come in with your thumbs and your lapels saying like the young rich ruler, I, Listen, I'm a pretty good dude. I'm a pretty good guy. Jesus looked at the young rich ruler and said, Listen, there's only one that's good. It's God. There's no other man no other woman that's, got, that's, that's good. It's only God. And then once our depravity is exposed for what it is, 
That's when, we, that's when we can have correction made in our lives. To show us how to correct course. To show us how to get off of the path of corruption and, and wickedness. And we can get on to the right path of righteousness and godliness. How do you get to that path? Well, repentance of sins. Trusting Christ and, and trusting the finished work of Christ on His cross. So that's the first thing you see in this is the reproof and correction. And then the training for righteousness. The training for righteousness. Man, that's such a big thing. I want you guys, if you've got your Bibles, I want you to see this. Flip over into the New Testament and look at 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. We'll all go there together because I think that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen? Amen? Okay, i got a couple of you, man. Come on now. I know maybe some of you are sleepy, but come on. Don't, don't go out completely on me yet. Second, or First Timothy chapter 4. <clears throat> I want you to see this. Now, because he, here's, here's what happens. I, I want us to see all of, all of this in context. Because the, we see this in context in relation to the new ageism that's in our day and, and the Satanism that are linked hand in hand. So, go with me here. Verse 1. Now, the Spirit expressly says, In the later days, in the last times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. Through the insincerity of liars whose consciences have been seared, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from food that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe that they know the truth. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is made by it is made it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. Now, keep going, keep going in verse six. If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Jesus Christ. Being trained in the word of faith and of good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths, but rather train yourself for godliness. While bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life that is to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For this, to this end, we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially those who believe. Now, I, I want us to look at this, this in context this is not, if it, like if, as you read this, if this isn't the current culture, I'll eat your hat. This, this satanic culture that we live in, in the day in which we live, is prevalent. Now, the Spirit tells us, so the Holy Spirit expressly says in the later days, some will depart from the faith and devote themselves to deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons. Like, we're there. We got people that are that are exclusively saying things like that. Listen, there's multiple paths to God, and you can get on any road you want. You can get to God any way, shape, or form. And the Scripture tells us that that 
through the insincerity of liars, those consciences are seared. These men and women who refuse to accept the, the, the exclusivity, exclusivity of who Jesus is have seared their conscience. They've committed moral suicide when they say that God doesn't demand righteousness. You can live your life any way you want and God will still accept you. That's not taught in the Bible anywhere. That's not taught. And what's even crazier is that when we show people from the Word of God, this is what God expects, what is happening is people will still shake their heads and refuse to believe the truth of God's Word. Why? Because their hearts have been seared by their sinfulness. Their hearts have been seared by their sinfulness. And it's just absolutely jaw-dropping and heartbreaking. When, I, when you have conversations with men and women about the holiness of God and the authoritative structure of God's word, and they still say, well, yeah, yeah I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. People even this week, even this week have said, Caleb, why do you think our kids are in such a mess? Well, I can tell you. Because we're not teaching our children to trust in God's word and be committed to God's church. Rather, we're just saying, like, you do you. Once again, one of the statements of the self-help movement. You do you. You go your own direction. You live your truth. You, ex- you do whatever you want to do. Well, that's not what God's word says to do. God's word says that the way to everlasting life is narrow and it's difficult. This is, the, this is Matthew chapter 7. Where there's two different roads. There's a narrow road that leads to life everlasting. And there's a broad road that leads to destruction. But guess what? Satan is a crafty devil. And he puts above the the broad road this gigantic sign that says, This way to heaven. Enjoy your life now and get to heaven anyways. And if you read Matthew chapter 7, at the end of this, there will be men and women who think they're believers and they will get before the presence of a holy God and they'll say things like, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We did this in your name. We built temples in your name. We went to this place in your name. We went to camp. We did this. We did that. We sang songs and worship services. Listen, I was a member of such and such church. And Jesus will look at them The scripture says plainly and say, I don't know who you are. Depart from me, you who work wickedness, lawlessness. It's just jaw-dropping. People say, "Why why is our world in such a mess? Because we refuse to follow and submit ourselves to the God of the universe. Rather, we're trying to submit ourselves to the God of our own liking, of our own choosing. The God that makes us feel happy and fluffy inside. We're teaching our children to trust in the word of man. And that's what cracks me up. People say, well, I, I can't. This book was written by man. You can't trust it. Well, listen, silly. You've got some science books that are sitting in your school right now that teach that the world was made out of a rock. That it was rained on a rock for millions of years. And furthermore, they teach that, it's, that the world came from a period the size... Look at, look at it in your Bible. Look at, look at that period on the bottom of your Bible there. There are people that say, hey, the world came from a period the size of the period on your page here. Well, where did that period come from? Well, there was a spontaneous combustion. Well, what caused the spontaneous combustion? Well, I don't know. So you're telling me you believe in the beginning a period, and I believe in the beginning 
God. Both of the ideologies are faith-based. One's got validity and one doesn't. One has evidence. The Bible and science are perfectly aligned. Don't ever let somebody say the Bible and science are at odds because they're not. The Bible and science are perfectly coexisting because God created science. God made science. But when we don't trust in God's word, we've got a problem. We're telling our kids to live their best life now and to live their truth and to chase their, their happiness and to follow their hearts. Like I see it all the time. T-shirts in, in different clothing stores that say, trust and follow your heart. Absolutely not. Your, listen, you lie to you more than anyone else. There's no one else in this room that's lied to you more than you. Listen, I get up every morning, I look in the mirror and I think, hey, you look pretty good today. Shh, hey, listen. There's nobody in the room that lies to you more than you do. That's the truth. Listen, mom, dad, your babies are heading straight to hell and you're worried about the championship game. You're worried about other things that shouldn't be worried about. You want to know why? Depression is at an all-time high in students because we're not on our knees praying to Jesus that they are and, and, and encouraging our children to study God's word. We're, we're busy just doing whatever we want to do. They're out playing games all the while the enemy is planning and preparing to rip your babies apart as well as you. And what are you doing to prepare for a war? Well, I'm going to scroll Instagram. I'm going to watch Netflix. I'm going to do what I want to do. No wonder our world is in the state it's in. We, we better be studying God's word. You'd better change how you do things. You better get your spiritual weight up. We want to talk about training. We, talk, we just read it in the text. Training is good. Bodily training is good. It's not bad. But guess what? If you're neglecting your spiritual training and you're not getting your spiritual weight up, I'm telling you the enemy's going to wipe you out. The enemy's going to wipe you out. For while bodily training is of some value, listen, I'm not saying you shouldn't eat your vegetables and maybe go for a walk every once in a while. I think it's a good idea. But here's the deal. If you're doing all the things that train up, listen, I know Tyler and I have been flexing in the gym. We've been working. But if, if we're ignoring lifting up, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. If you're, not, if, you're, if you're working on your gains, but you're not getting your spiritual gains, that's so cheesy. It's true. It's cheesy, but it's true. If you're not getting the spiritual gains, listen, I'm not saying it's God's word. The physical training is of some value. Godliness, but godliness is of value in every way. It says, don't have, don't, don't have your, don't, don't come alongside silly and irreverent, 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 golly. Have nothing, it says, have nothing to do with silly and irreverent myths, but rather train yourself for godliness. Why? Because when you train yourself for godliness, it has value in this life presently and for the one that's coming. I don't know if you know this, but you're going to die. It's coming. I did a funeral last week. 
And I bet you I'm probably going to do a fu- another funeral before this time next year. And, we do, and what we do is we, we are, we're so arrogant, we think, not me, it's going to be the guy next to me. Listen, I don't have the promise of the next five seconds. Neither do you. But man, I'm telling you, there's coming a day when you and I are going to stand in front of a holy God and there is going to have to be an, hey, listen, what'd you do? What'd you do with my word? What'd you do with Jesus? Well, I was busy. I was busy doing this. I was busy training for this. I was busy training my kids to do this. Man, by golly, my kid needed that championship scholarship. Listen, your kid has like a 0.23% chance of being some famous athlete. But they got a 100% chance that they will stand before a holy God. What are we doing? What are we doing? Are we talking about Jesus at home? Are we praying with our kids? Are we opening our Bibles? Dads, you better get your spiritual weight up, man. You're supposed to lead this thing. You're supposed to lead it, amen? You better change how you do things or you're going to lose big time in the end. Man. Chapter 4 of 1 Timothy 4 says, Everything is created by God is good and nothing is, re- nothing is to be rejected if it's received in thanksgiving. For it's made holy by the word of God and prayer. And if you put these things before the brothers and you are a good servant of Christ Jesus being trained in the word of faith and having good doctrine. And listen, this, we live in a world in a day right now. Oh, doctrine is stupid. You, you don't need to have doctrine. I just need Jesus. Like, that's a huge statement. They just need Jesus. Who is Jesus? How, how do you worship Jesus? What's the, what's the identity of Jesus? Like, these are big things. Just give me Jesus. Listen, Jesus is a big theological doctrinal statement. Amen? And, and you, he says, train yourself in good doctrine that you have followed and don't have anything to do with silly myths. So in order to fight against the evil doctrine of our day, we have to train ourselves in the word of faith and good doctrine. You, you got to study what, what, what is good, what is true, and what is right. And where do you find that? You find it in God's word. When I was a teller, I was a teller back in my 20s, and I worked for a credit union for a bank. And when I was dealing with thousands of dollars every day you know, holding on to this money transactions back and forth you know what I was trained on they didn't hand me fake dollar bills and say okay study and figure out what a fake dollar bill is you know what I trained on I trained with the real thing I handled the real thing they, made, they showed us all the intricacies of a real dollar bill what it feels like what the, what the makeup of it is M- know the, the watermarks all the different textures all the different things so that when a fake one comes through your hands you can be like whoa that doesn't feel something doesn't feel right about that one immediately you could know because you've been trained with the real thing you've been working with the real thing and the moment you get a fake you could go whoa that is not right to say hey Alert the authorities, I've got a fake. That's the same idea. If you're studying and training yourself in this, when the fake stuff comes around, you can be like, whoa, I can, I can see that false doctrine 60 miles out. And you know how to deal with it. And listen, I know it takes work. You can be like, Caleb, that's a lot of time. Listen, 
How many hours do you scroll social media? I can promise you, if you spent as much time as you scroll your phone studying this, I can promise you half the problems that you have in your life would be non-existent. Amen? They'd be non-existent. And I know it's going to take time to study and read your word. But come on, man. Don't, don't you think that your eternity is worth it? Don't you think your family sanctification is worth it? Listen, some of us in the room are trading eternal blessings for temporary pleasures. Some of us in the room are trading eternal blessings for just a momentary, temporary happiness. I'm telling you, we've got to change how we do things. Amen? We've got to change it. Verse 9. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to, to this end, we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God. Listen, I know that we live in a world that has all kinds of stuff that's crazy. But I'm telling you, this is the idea that we live in. I told you this series is called There Is Hope. Because we have hope. Amen? Like I know we're Baptists, but come on. Like, we, we should get excited about this. We have hope. We have hope in who the person is of Jesus Christ and the work of who Jesus Christ is. He saves those who are intended to be, to be saved. What's the text say? Set our hope on the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially those who believe. Oh, man. So when we see this, um, when it says all, that means in the sense of each and every part that applies that's what that word means when it says the word all there it actually means each and every part that applies he saves those who are intended to be saved and those who have their focus and their faith and their trust securely fastened into the person and the work of the lord jesus christ and listen you didn't do that it was christ who initiated that your hope that you have for Christ was set because Christ says so. Just like the thief on the cross. Can you imagine the moment that the thief on the cross, when he took his last breath and he shows up in heaven. Could you imagine the people in heaven going, what are you doing here? And he's looking around going, you see that guy over there? You see Jesus? The only reason I'm here is because he said I could be. And listen, that's everybody of, every one of us in the room. Because there's everybody looking around going, golly. How did Jamie get here? You know what she's going to say? Because he said so. Because Jesus said so. How did Caleb get here? Man, he's a mess. You bet. How did I get here? Because Christ said I could be. I'm, I'm no different than the thief on the cross. Neither are you. Those who have their focus on who Jesus is and they trust in the finished work of Christ on Calvary's cross, those are the ones who are saved. That's the hope that we have. When it says, "For the, to this end we toil and strive. What are we toiling and striving for? We're, we're teaching the gospel. We're sharing the gospel. We're preaching the gospel. Because listen, this message will matter in 10,000 years. The stuff that's being broadcast on the news won't matter in... 10 minutes. There'll be a new story that changes. There'll be a new something that comes up. Something new and shiny. 
But this message that you hold in your hand, this word that you hold in your hand, will be the foundation upon which you and I will spend our eternity. And you're either going to be in the presence of God, experiencing His grace and mercy for all of eternity, or you will be wrapped up in God's justice in hell for all eternity. One of the two. One of the two. There's not a, well, I'd like to take door number three, Pastor. There's not a door number three. Door number one, repent and believe the gospel and trust Christ and live in His mercy and grace for all eternity, or trust your own works and your own way to get into the, to whatever you want to get into and guess what that road leads to destruction well that's point number one that's point number one next time we gather together I'll talk about how the devil makes us doubt God's goodness so number one was doubting God's word was doubting God's word. That's what, that's what Satan did. Was caused Eve to doubt God's word. And the next thing is to doubt God's goodness. To doubt that God actually is good. God, listen. God's goodness is truly something to hope in. To live in. And to rest in. And that's what we're going to look in next week. Is the, the hope to hope in God's goodness, to live in God's goodness, and to rest in God's goodness. To know that God is sovereign over all things and that He's good to His people. He's good to His people. Amen? Anybody, can I get an amen from somebody that God is good? Alright, we've got a couple in here. Come on. I'm telling you. But I'm telling you, this, this is important because there is, a, there is an attack on this thing today. There is an attack on this Bible that you're holding. And not it, listen. I'm used to the attacks from the world, but when you got people who say they belong to our team, they're like, "Hey, I'm Team Jesus." But listen, I don't trust His word. Really? Why are you even? Why are you even standing? Like I, I, I know a preacher. Ugh. And she writes in her articles and says. The idea that we can trust the authenticity and that God's word is actually authoritative is up for debate. Why are you even standing behind the desk? Go into retail. Go, go do something else with your life. Because what you're doing is you're heaping up on yourself. You're storing up for yourself God's wrath on your life. Not his just. Not his mercy. When you call into question God's word you better lump yourself in with the author that did that. The author who started that was Satan himself. And when you start saying, well, did God's word really say that? Huh, somebody else said that one time. Said it to Eve. Did God really say? You better stop. You better stop trusting in your own authority, in your own whatever. And you better start trusting in the finished work of Christ. And his word alone. Amen. Let's stand together.